My name's Emily and I'm an osteopath and healthcare enthusiast working in the Midlands. I spend every week helping my patients reduce their aches and pains, move their bodies more and live the healthiest life possible. And now I want you to join the conversation. In this podcast, I'll be investigating the people and places around the Midlands that are on the same mission and ask them to share their knowledge to transform your health. There's no subject that's off topic. Nutrition, mental health, sleep and fitness, it's all here. This is the Healthy Midlands Podcast. So I am so excited to be joined today by my dear friend and colleague, Stephanie D'Souza Bartlett. Hello. <laughs> Stephanie works at both of the Ebrook Osteopathy and Sports Clinics, the one in Sutton Coalfield and the one in Litchfield. And Stephanie has got a bit of a speciality in treating patients with headaches. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Hi, Steph. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So what's up with headaches at the moment? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> what's up with them? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I just think we've just been seeing a lot more complaints of um, people coming in with headaches, simply put it, to put it simply. Yeah. Um, so you've seen a bit of a an increase in the number of patients coming into clinic with headache. Yes, um, definitely. And I think it's a lot to do with how our lives have changed recently. So as everyone knows, the COVID pandemic has oh, hit us quite hardly. it's <laughs> not affected one area of our lives, it's affected every single area yeah. of our lives. And one of them being everyone is now working from home. And even now, a lot of um, companies have stayed working from home. So a lot of um, people's uh, work is more screen time based. Yeah. They're not in the correct ergonomic spacing. So they're coming in and they've just got so much tension building up in their neck. And it's and not been it. a stress-free period. It really hasn't, <laughs> especially if there's everyone is working from home as well. So you've got all this different space. Yeah, so you used to have your office colleagues and now you've got like your husband and your children and the family pets. You're at a bad setup on the dining table, craning your neck forward to look yeah. at a laptop. And just when you think your head is going to explode, you phone the osteopath. And, <laughs> and Stephanie is therefore <laughs> ready to spring into action and treat your headache. So Steph, what's a headache? Um, so a headache, it can be tricky to um, define what a headache is because they can come in so many different forms and variants. But it's probably the most common neurological symptom that patients come into an osteopath clinic um, with. Um, so, and I think first things first is when you come in, just important to get the right di diagnosis straight away. Mm. Um, and actually there's kind of two main subcategories for a headache. So you first off, you have your primary headaches and then you have your secondary headaches. And the, um, most, and the main role of the practitioner is for them to um, differentiate between those two to see if they are, if you have come to the right um, clinical space really to, for, to get treatment. Yeah, so what's the difference between a primary headache and a secondary headache? So a primary headaches are responsible for a majority of the headaches that we see. Um, and that is when the 
headache occurs, but it's not as a result of any other form of disease or um, external factor, really. Um, so you can think about, so a t primary headache would be, for example, a cluster headache, tension type headache, and even a migraine, whereas a secondary headache can be more on the sinister side because they are can sometimes be as a result of uh, disease or any external factors. So these would be things sort of like brain tumours, schizophrenic strokes, headaches, yeah. strokes. And, and yeah. even um, psychogenic headaches as well can be classed as a secondary headache because it just, even though it's not sinister. Ne necessarily yeah. sinister, but because it comes from different muscle pulls and it's a it can be classed as a secondary so headache. So a primary headache has its own straightforward cause and a secondary headache is caused by something else and it's the job of a practitioner like you to figure out which one a patient has. Yes, and hopefully it's a primary <laughs> so we can help you. <laughs> and we touched on migraine just there. Migraines are a really interesting kind of presentation they are, because they, they come with all of these kind of bizarre other um, symptoms and signs. Let's talk about those a little bit. Um, so yeah, so um, a migraine is probably the most talked about headache, isn't it really? So I've, and I found that patients would come in and they'll automatically just go, oh, I've got a terrible migraine. And when you actually sit there with them and you're talking about the symptoms that they have, not necessarily all the time it's presenting as a migraine. So for a migraine, you would expect to, for the patient to experience unilateral face pain. So that's just on one side. On one side of the face, and it can also be behind the eye. On occasion, um, the duration of how the headache lasts for. So um, for a migraine particularly, it can last around three hours and up to three days. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, and you can also get the um, symptoms beforehand. And so that's, that's where you get these sort of like changes in vision or yeah. changes in your kind of sense of smell or taste. And yeah, kind so of people weird. get all these changes in, their sim in like how they're going or functioning day to day. And they're like, oh, no, I can feel it's happening. Yeah. And then most of the time they just lock themselves in the room draw the blinds and try and wait it out which isn't the nicest way to no but that's kind of those are telltale signs that it's not a headache it's actually a migraine mm. is where you feel like you just want to go and lie down in a cool dark room and ride it out yeah yeah um because i think that m the word migraine is kind of thrown around a little bit like you're saying people who have a bad headache kind of automatically mm. assume that it's a migraine yeah. or at least call it that instead of finding out exactly what kind of headache it actually is um and obviously headaches can have loads of different causes maybe someone is feeling really stressed and their neck muscles are really tight or they're in that bad position and that causes a headache maybe they're like clenching their jaw grinding mm -hmm. their teeth or something like that and so you have these kind of mechanical headaches and then you can also have headaches that are like dehydration headaches and things like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there are kind of if you're able to identify what kind of headache you have you're able to figure out some of the the kind of ticks, uh, tricks and tips to yeah. get rid of that at home um, and I know that you have an especially good list of 
tips and tricks that you share oh, with yes. your patients in clinic? <laughs> I've tried to give them a few. <laughs> some um, have worked. <laughs> some have worked. <laughs> Thankfully. And so if we are able to today, Steph, and if we can tap into your knowledge a little bit, if you had a patient who was coming in to see you with a headache, um, what kind of things would you recommend that they do before the appointment? Um, so I think a good thing to do um, if you're going to see any kind of practitioner um, is to write a headache journal. So if you've noticed you've been getting headaches for um, chronically now, so for a long over a long period of time, and you've noticed a sort of pattern that comes and goes with the headaches when they kind of keep tempering and keep tamper off, <laughs> tampering, tamper off. Yeah. Um, so you can make sure you write down um, when each event of the headache happens and if there is anything particularly you were doing beforehand so that you can write down some potential triggers that can help the practitioner um, kind of delve a bit more into that. You can write down how long it lasts for, whether it's hours or if it's days, if it's a, like um, if it's an intense pain or more of a dull, dull yeah, pain. Than like that. the character of the yeah. pain. Um, um, you can also write down any external um, factors in your life that are happening currently. So yeah. stress is a major one. If there's any been any recent changes in your life as well, I yeah. know it's not really much about the symptoms, but that can also give us a good indication of what could be triggering these headaches. Whether it's so, it's not more of a systemic um, thing, and then also lack of sleep as well. Um, are you taking any medication? Are you taking any new forms of medication? Yeah, and maybe like when you take that medication versus when the headache starts, because yeah. I know that that's quite a common um, side effect of quite a few medications to have a headache when you take it, or even as it kind of um, draws to a close in your system, as that yeah. medication starts to wear off, mm. you can have this thing which is sort of like a, a headache that comes when the medication is wearing off. Yeah. So you, and particularly with painkillers, sometimes we see patients who take a tablet, a painkiller tablet, because they have a headache. And then as that tablet peters out in their system, they get another headache. So they take another tablet. Like, oh, why is that happening? <laughs> yeah, but they think that it's the original headache coming back. Mm. Or even, let's say, they took a, some paracetamols because they had a sore ankle and then they get a headache and they're like oh no now I've got a headache I better take a paracetamol oh, no. to deal with the headache and they get into this loop of taking tablets to deal with the headache which is actually caused by the tablet wearing off it's a, it's a vicious cycle isn't it the yeah. short-term relief but that's I think that's why it's so important to make a headache journal so that you can identify um where's the pain happening in your head how often is it happening what are the triggers? What kind of food are you eating yes. before and after? What kind of sleep are you getting? Mm. How much water did you drink that yeah. day? Is it in relation to your menstrual cycle for the ladies? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hormones have a massive part to play in how we feel kind of just generally energy mm. levels and things like that. And headache definitely can be one of those things that crop up kind of in um, 
Well, I mean, like all over your hormonal cycle, really. I mean, if, if you start looking into that, there's he- you can have headaches when you just before your period. You can have headaches on your period. Mm. You can have uh, kind of like... Towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At any point in your life. But if you notice that there's a consistent pattern, and it might only be once you start writing these things down that you notice that there's a pattern. Mm. I think it's an interesting thing to, to do, even just so the patient can understand their body as well yeah not just for obviously we're doing it for diagnosis purposes but i think just so patients can understand how their body's working yeah. understand their discomfort or their pain can also help overall with the treat treatment outcome i yeah, would say as it well helps to contextualize it doesn't it yeah. and kind of you feel less anxious about symptoms if they they're easy to predict so if you um if you have a headache and it's kind of a thursday night and you're thinking oh god you know like i've got another day of work tomorrow and i've got this blinding headache and i've got this really important meeting and i'm not going to speak well in it and i'm going to fluster over my numbers and i'm not going to be on the ball um if you've kept a headache journal and you notice that actually this headache tends to crop up for me when I haven't slept very well when I haven't eaten good nutritious food I haven't drunk enough water that day I've let work get on top of me for the previous four days and then if you have that knowledge then you can use that to impact your your kind of next move and you think well actually instead of going to spin class tonight I'm gonna have a bath and a pint of water and an early night (laughs) and I'll try it again tomorrow yeah and I'll be in a lot more of a prepared position Mm. for tomorrow because I I have the power of what I've learned from journaling my headache over the last four weeks so that I can actually make a substantial difference to what it could be like tomorrow yeah and also if you notice for example if you've had three coffees that day don't (laughs) it's so bad (laughs) And then three coffees every day yeah. and if you I mean that's if you start cutting down if you are fully addicted to caffeine like I am um, and you start cutting down I get a terrible mm. headache absolutely raging and by 11 o'clock I'm no good to speak no. to <laughs> so that's another that's another factor that you can think about as well yeah and and you have to kind of if you are going to make the the absolutely saintly commitment to reducing caffeine in your life and i admire anybody who has managed <laughs> this um then maybe take a, a decent amount of time to taper that yeah. off instead of going and equally you know people make life changes all the time where they go all in and it's just a little bit too much too soon mm. And maybe you kind of started hot yoga or something like that, but you haven't balanced that out with drinking more water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so you're sweating a lot more or you think, you know, I'm really going to I'm really going to look after myself and I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to have a swim and a sauna. Mm. But you sweat loads more than you would normally. And your salt electrolyte balance goes all off. And then two days, you know, you kind of do this for a few maybe a week or so and you think god i feel worse than when i started (laughs) that can be for anything like if you go to the gym and just ramp up the weights and then you're like oh my god i can't walk yeah it's a surprise but that kind of body awareness of knowing what am i what am i doing to myself and i think that life is generally so busy that if you do get a headache and you you know you're thinking well i've got a headache but i've got to go and pick the kids up from school 
it becomes the second most important thing that you have to do with your time third most important fourth most <laughs> fifth six, and yeah. it gets pushed down the list until you think oh well I've got a headache but I've got to crack on with the day anyway and we become kind of like not even aware of what's going on in our bodies and we lose touch with that and then it, it becomes almost like a, a secondary annoyance to all of the other things that you have to do and I think that that's a real kind of symptom of the way that the modern world is going, that you get to a point where it's complete overwhelm and you you haven't even identified the fact that you you feel so aggy because you've got a headache all the time. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely a problem. <laughs> if people do notice that they've got headaches, I know that you've got all of this great at-home advice mm. and I was wondering if you would be willing to share some of your hot tips with us um, that are quite general and could be applied to yeah. most people rather than I mean obviously if you are in the certain Coalfield or Litchfield area and you would like to consult with Stephanie for a headache that would be the best thing to do <laughs> but in the absence of that Stephanie's got some good tips for mm-hmm. you yes <laughs> so a hot tip for, for about dealing with a headache is contrary if you use um cold therapy yeah so not hot tip. not hot tip it's a kind cold of tip. cold tip so you can just find um kind of like a cold compress or a cold flannel ice potentially and that can just help counteract any inflammatory response that's happening um that's causing your headache so it can cause that um vasoconstriction or the narrowing of your um blood vessels which ultimately slow down the nerve conduction and reducing your pain also so this is like when you when you were watching cartoons as a child and like sylvester cat <laughs> would be in bed and the granny would be putting that kind of funny bag on his head. That's an ice bag. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> A that. Real classic. Yeah, you know. so some good cartoon advice classic from me. Health tip from the Looney Tunes universe. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just place it on areas um, such as the back of the neck or the head or um, around the temples as well, and that can usually do the trick yeah. to a certain extent. Wherever you're feeling that headache. Yeah. Um, another thing that I've recently discovered is that um, drinking or trying to implement ginger into your diet, so you can either do it on food or drinking ginger-infused um, tea, can also help um, reduce um, your headaches over a long period of time. So the more that you drink it or implement it, the better response or um, you would get yeah so this is like consistent use of ginger yeah. and it, I think from what I understand it's the same anti-inflammatory complex that's in turmeric yeah so it? they have so yeah they have a naturally occurring anti-inflammatory um, properties which will block the prostaglandins which are the chemicals that help reduce that help reduce the muscle contractions which can cause your headaches in some in some cases they also impact your hormones and also regulate um, inflammation so by blocking those prostaglandins that can help reduce those effects as well that's cool and just drinking as much as just three ginger teas a day I mean it's quite an acquired taste it's so spicy. you can, so you can try and maybe put a bit of honey in it yeah. make it a bit sweeter I know that um Hans one of the osteopaths who works with us in Sutton Coalfield I mean he is like all about ginger and turmeric yeah and if you have the chance to speak to him <laughs> about it he I mean I don't think that there's 
There's not a soul on the face of planet Earth who Hans would not like to see consume <laughs> ginger. I mean, you've given me a ginger shot and I think <laughs> my throat was on fire for like that an hour. Really, so you can buy these little tiny and they're like cold pressed ginger juice um, and they tend to be mixed with apple juice, but they are tiny, you know, like... Um, like a shot yeah. yeah and I don't want to kind of advocate <laughs> drinking vodka shots on the podcast, on the podcast but, but yeah <laughs> it's about the same volume so like 25 30 mil good practice know, 30, 35 <laughs> if you're being generous um and they are kind of designed to be drunk quickly and then you just breathe fire for a few <sighs> seconds afterwards I love them I think that it's you know it's a real it's like the cartoon again with the smoke <laughs> coming out the ears <laughs> Yeah, it's a real figure too. It's like a flavour slap in the face. But you do feel healthy you do, for yes, it. Yeah. For but um it, I mean when I've spoken to Hans about ginger before and he he's an advocate of ginger over turmeric. And I think mm. that turmeric's had like a lot of press in the last kind of couple of years for being having all of these amazing anti inflammatory yeah. qualities. But whatever it is that's in turmeric, Hans is adamant that ginger has more and i know that he has a good source for that information um it was like a nutritionist paper that he had read um i, I don't know off the top of my head what it was or what it was where where that so- mm. source is but um so nobody fact checked me too strongly on this <laughs> but hans was saying that actually dried ginger that you would buy from the supermarket you know like in a little herb oh um, yeah pot so you have like your corianders and and basils and stuff all the dried herbs the gra- the dried ground ginger had more of this complex in it than the fresh ginger Oh, that's um, interesting. Which makes it a lot cheaper. Yeah. Because if you're cold pressing fresh ginger, firstly, like you need a masticating juicer to do that, which is going to be like three or four hundred pounds. You need to go out and buy fresh ginger and then you have to find something to mix it with. So you're going to have to have a bag of apples. Um, <laughs> and Hans was saying that the best way to consume the dried ginger is to put like half a teaspoon into... Um, like a small quantity of orange juice, mix it into a paste. Um, this is getting very complicated. Yeah. But the, so you, get you can your, write down the, <laughs> the <laughs> recipe. Here is my <laughs> recipe for, and it is literally just half a teaspoon of ginger in a glass, tiny amount of orange juice to mix it into a paste, and then top off with a glass of orange juice as a serving. And I'm not going to lie, it's spicy. You have to mix it into a paste so that it doesn't clump up in the glass. Like if you just put Mm. half a teaspoon of ginger into your orange juice, it's not going to dissolve. But if you do it that way round, it is a delightfully spicy breakfast treat. And (laughs) it has a lot of anti-inflammatories in. So not just good for headaches, but like arthritic pain and stuff like that as well. So I've taken you off on a pretty major tangent there, Steph. But as I understand (laughs) it, you do have one more tip before we go. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Um, So another one is actually trying to increase the amount of um, magnesium in your diet. Um, So you can do it in a safe way, which is if you just try and do it rather than take supplements so you can just try and do it by um increasing certain foods in your diet so pumpkin or squash seeds are good sources of magnesium almonds Mm. um mackerel tuna are good sources you're describing the topping of a very good salad here avocado and then even bananas and thank the lord dark chocolate is a good source of magnesium but it's um 
it's also quite a good thing for people who or women who have headaches with menstrual cycles um because it, it works in conjunction with with them yeah and magnesium is one of those um minerals that we need for muscle relaxation mm. in the body yeah. isn't it it helps um stabilize the your blood pressure which is can be a form of what can cause a headache it helps um and also helps improve your nerve function which is also can uh, be related into headaches, headaches again. as well but yeah i think just by doing it rather than um, getting on the Holland and Barrett website to find some supplements. And it's such an expensive way to live as well. I mean, yeah. if you're eating anywhere near a, a reasonably balanced diet and then you think, oh, well, do you know, I have these headaches, I could do with whacking in a bit more magnesium. A tin of tuna doesn't break the bank every week. Whereas though, you know, if you're going out and, and having quite big supplements, I'm always of the opinion that we're better to get these things from our food anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think on that as well, noticing um, trigger foods, which can cause a headache as well. Yeah. So um, foods that are high in histamine. So you're thinking about um, processed foods like cheeses, beer, mm. smoked fish, wine and cured meat, all the good stuff, <laughs> unfortunately can have high amounts of histamine in there. Um, also trying to avoid foods with high in nitrate so these are preserved foods so like hot dogs you'd expect to get it in yeah. sausages and bacon like those processed meats yeah again all kind of the nice treats that we like to give ourselves yeah. on a on a, an occasion but could actually be giving you quite a bad headache yeah. <laughs> and then um in down another tangent just try and avoid any strong smells so any cleaning products or perfumes aftershaves yeah because they can help um, they can also trigger a sort of yeah and back to that headache journal kind of maybe another point to include if there's like an environmental trigger yeah. if you get a headache every Saturday morning um, at 11 o'clock yeah but you typically clean the house between <laughs> nine and ten yeah or on a Sunday morning after a night out <laughs> yeah <laughs> that could be another reason why yeah just uh just trying to put uh, actions and consequences together in that headache journal well thank you so much Steph That's okay you've <laughs> given us a wealth of information here and if you have got a headache and you're in South Staffordshire or the West Midlands and you'd like Steph to help you personally you can find her at Ebrook Osteopathy and Sports Clinic I'll be ready and waiting <laughs> <laughs> thank you Steph That's okay <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Healthy Midlands podcast. Make sure to hit the follow button so that you can be the first to know when the next episode is up. Leave a review or share this podcast with a friend if you found it useful. And for more, come and find us on Instagram at Healthy Midlands.